0: Teach Them Diligently, episode 15. Oh God, you are my God, and I will ever praise you. I will seek you in the morning, and I will learn to walk in your ways, and step by step you'll lead me. Welcome to Teach Them Diligently, where our mission is to provide support and guidance to bible class teachers to engage in ongoing dialogue focused on student learning and to create a community of lifelong learners diligently seeking to teach like the master jesus christ Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Teach Them Diligently. I'm glad to be with you here on the podcast and so thankful that you're listening to this episode. Uh, we want to welcome you back to a series we're doing on reverence for God. And uh, I encourage you to go back and listen to an episode I uh, recorded with Brother Brett Hoagland, uh, Blue Spring, Missouri. And uh, he and I sat down and talked about some ways that we can teach reverence for God in our Bible classes. Uh, he answered some questions that I had for us. And I um, I'd really appreciate your feedback on that. I'd love for you to let me know what you thought about that and also let Brett know how much you appreciate him being, uh, being with us here for this episode. Um, tonight, I want to talk about five tips for teaching reverence for God in your classroom. And I hope that as you're preparing to teach this upcoming uh, Sunday or Wednesday night, whenever you're listening to this, uh, that you're preparing uh, great lessons, but I also want you to think about ways that you can teach good lessons to your students, because uh, as Brett and I talked about in the last episode, um, reverence is the most important thing that we can teach. Of all the things that we teach in our Bible class, reverence for God is the most important. Uh, When you think about that, we're we're built on the realization. We have to build this framework of who God is, how great he is. Brett and I talked about how uh, with small children in your home, if you have small children, you know that uh, their view, their vision, what they think of God really starts in the high chair. It really starts with what they see dad doing and what how they see dad reacting. And I think to some degree the same can be true about a Bible class teacher. And so when we're in those classes, we have to think about... Uh, We are teaching who God is, but we're also teaching how great He is and that we should have reverence for Him. Younger classes, if you're teaching a younger class, you need to realize that sometimes the most important lesson you can teach today is reverence for God. Sometimes the most important task you have is to teach a child how to behave in Bible class. We talked about biblical examples, uh, biblical non-examples, uh, Nadab and Abihu and Cora Dathan and Abiram, and we're aware that you know we live in an imperfect world, and so occasionally there are going to be students in our class who bring to the bring to the table some less than ideal circumstances, and so we have to be prepared, no matter the age, no matter uh, who we're talking about, that. We can't allow, we cannot allow irreverence for God to go unchallenged. And I want to just stop right there and just also think about the fact that um, if your congregation is like ours, if your Bible classes are like ours, we also know that there are students in our Bible classes who have some special needs. Um, In a case of a child with special needs, we have to also kind of step back And realize that an unmet need is not the same as irreverence. You know, if a child is hungry, if he is tired, if he is uh, incapable of expressing himself verbally, then... What may look like irreverence for God may just simply be an unmet need. And so I encourage you as a Bible class teacher, if you have students in your class who have uh, some needs that need to be addressed, I, I encourage you to reach out to those parents. And find out how you can better prepare them and how they can better prepare you to be a good Bible class teacher for that student. Uh, We want them to learn. We want them to be uh, welcome in our Bible classes. And we also want to teach reverence for God. But we also have to consider um, their needs, what we're doing to provide, what we're doing to meet those needs. And so let's be careful in our Bible classes in that way, too. So when we think about good Bible class teaching, I want you to think about what type of teacher do you think students respect the most? What type of teacher would students respect the most? And when you think about that, maybe you think back to uh, some of your uh, teachers that you had, maybe in in traditional secular school, or maybe you think about your Bible class teachers. Um, But when you think about a good Bible class teacher that students respect, You probably think of someone who takes a stance on reverence, someone who knows how to respect God, but also knows what's expected and expects a lot out of his or her students. Um, You're not going to win any battles as a Bible class teacher by allowing misbehavior. You're not going to win any battles. um, You're not going to win the war, so to speak, uh, simply by allowing students to get away with irreverence for God. And when you think about that, when you think about discipline, when you think about good classroom discipline, this includes training and guidance. It includes positive and negative aspects. Uh, all, is, all is in order. And, it, and not if disruptions occur, but when disruptions occur in that classroom, then it's handled quickly. It's handled quietly. It's handled respectfully, most of the time privately. Uh, that teacher manages that class well. When you think about a good classroom and think about good classroom management and and reverence for God, sometimes you may go into a class and see that it's all quiet, all the students are busy, but that does not necessarily mean that they're well-disciplined. Thoughts have to be controlled as a good as a good teacher, it is our job to guide thoughts, not in just hands and feet. Uh, so a good disciplinarian not only keeps order, but also guides the minds of all their students. So you had to be, you had to be a good strict disciplinarian and you had to think about how to be, um, in your class to be authoritative and you have to be, uh, you have to, show reverence for God, but you also have to expect reverence for God. And so before the first class, I would encourage you to, to go out and to make a point to contact the parents. Be sure to send a letter home and uh, talk to them face to face and talk about talk about the student. Talk about what that student needs and how you can address those needs. Um, also, be determined to control the group. Be determined that you're going to make sure that learning is going to take place. <laughs> Be pleasant and firm with all your students and set guidelines and be consistent. Be firm in what you do. Children are actually uh, happiest when they do have distinct boundaries, when they have set guidelines and the teacher is in control. So let's talk about five tips for teaching reverence for God in your classroom. First thing I would tell you is that you should keep the minds busy. Keep the minds busy. We create so many discipline problems because we allow the mind to wonder. Uh, Determine that you're going to have something worth listening to. When you're in Bible class, we're talking about trying to present a lesson that engages the students. Make Make your narrative so interesting that the children forget to misbehave. Um, If you're teaching an adult class, make sure that you are so on point in what you're doing and you are so focused on your objective for the day that if someone asks an off-the-wall question that's going to get you distracted, you know how to bring it back to the point you are trying to make, the point that you are teaching in that class. Never have a moment when you don't know what to do next. Prepare more material. An active mind is a great asset, so think about... Engaging your students in a way so that they are thinking with you. You're leading them down the path to think about the objective you are presenting. It takes a lot of precious time to get a mind real back once that mind has left into some other thought. So as you're leading, as you're teaching, be sure you're engaging those students and be sure you're bringing them back to the point of the lesson. Keep their minds busy. Have the students look at you all the time. Eye to eye contact is great for mind to mind communication. So if I'm teaching my Bible class, I'm constantly looking those eyes. I'm looking in those eyes because I want to know if I've lost them or if I have them. Because if I've lost them, I'm going to call them out. If I'm teaching an adult Bible class, I'm going to say, are you with me? You, are you follow, shake your head. Yes. No. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Yes. And okay. All right. Sounds good. Let's move on. And if they don't, we need to address that. Okay. If I'm teaching a, a, a young person's class, if I'm teaching a teenage class, I'm really going to reel it in. I'm going to bring it back. I must keep an eye to eye contact from mind to mind communication. Now, so the first tip I would give you is keep the mind busy. Uh, keep the hands empty. Now, Children will learn much better if they don't have something in their hand. Now, I say that, and I know that there are tactile learners, that there are learners who do better putting together puzzle, building Legos. I know that that's possible. I'm not saying you cannot do it. I'm not saying that every learner fits this mold, but I would encourage you to just be cautious about that. And I would just be sure and be aware that my learner learns that way. If that's what, uh, if that's what they do, then let's address that. And if that's how they learn, then let's use that. But generally speaking, when the hands are empty, children listen better. Save pencils and crayons for the activity that reinforces the lesson. Uh, a wise disciplinarian, One that uh, has their head on a swivel, so to speak, spots trouble before it starts. And it's much easier to prevent that trouble if uh, you can see that there's going to be a disruption and somebody's going to flick somebody with a pen or pop somebody in the head with a wad of paper or something like that. They are aware of that. And so keep those hands empty. The other thing I would encourage you, third thing I would say is make sure that you don't have built into your schedule any type of playtime. It's not part of Bible class. Just don't make it part of what you do on a weekend, week out basis. Children and adults don't need entertainment every moment of the day. Uh, If I'm teaching an adult adult Bible class, I'm not going to allow you know, the first five minutes of class to be discussing something about that happened over the weekend or talking about football. I'm not going to allow that in my Bible class. I have to make sure that I'm teaching reverence for God. If you color during Bible class simply for the sake of coloring, then children will will treat it with the same type of seriousness. If we just color to color, if we're just there as the filler before class starts, then it's really just a waste of time. If children need a time filler, then they may eat the crayons. If the teacher needs a time filler, then she's just not prepared enough. He's not ready to teach that Bible class. So let's be aware of that, and let's be cautious about using coloring as just simply a time filler, as something that we just do. There's no playtime in Bible class. We don't have time for that. Okay, so the fourth thing I would tell you is that we have to gauge behavior fairly and we have to be realistic. Ages are going to determine that maturity level, but not always. We have to also understand that there may be special needs. There may be students with uh, certain things that affect their learning and their behavior. Six months can make a big difference. Talk to a teenage class, go see an incoming seventh grader versus an outgoing eighth grader. Now, I realize that's, you know, you're talking about maybe 18 months, but there's huge behavioral differences there um, never compare children. Don't, don't allow them. You have to gauge this behavior fairly, but we can't just say, well, I wish you acted more like him. Uh, I wish, uh, I wish you could do better than what you're doing because he, uh, this guy over here is doing great. Abilities differ. Maturity levels differ. Personalities differ. Beware of what we do and how we say it. Um, the other thing I would say, the final tip I would give is just, is just to be strict. Uh, you're you're not being strict. You're not just being difficult, but you're being strict in your Bible class and focused in what you do. Um, don't allow misbehavior under any circumstance. Don't let a child disrupt your Bible class. Forbid the action. Calmly proceed. Never apologize for sternness. Don't don't be afraid to just. Be stern about what you do and how you do it. Think about uh, there's so much that can be done and said in the way you handle your uh, body language. For example, if you if you stand, if you're sitting the whole time, but then something happens and you have to address something and you stand, it makes a point and puts you in a position of authority. If you touch a child on the shoulder and get them to look at you, that's a good way for them to look at you. <laughs> always, and this is a no brainer, but make sure you separate disruptive kids. You got a couple that are going to cause a problem. You're going to separate them. Talk to the parents, send them to their parents. If you have to, if you have that relationship with them, don't threaten punishment, do not threaten punishment unless you intend to use it. So be cautious of what you do. Sarcasm is, is, is not really a great way to correct a child. You have to be cautious about that. And so children need to need stern, but positive feedback. Um, And and be cautious about how you allow children or if you allow children to correct them, correct each other. That kind of sets up a terrible uh, scenario in your Bible class. And so let's be cautious about that as well. I would tell you just make sure you have some, some strict rules about that and some guidelines about how you teach. I would tell you to have some, some guidelines for your Bible class, for some rules and some procedures about how your Bible class is to be structured. Determine that nobody's going to disrupt your Bible class and you're never going to give in. You're never going to sacrifice your Bible class and what learning could be taking place simply for the sake of peace. <laughs> You have to be flexible with your methods, and you can't just simply do the same thing over and over and over every week of the quarter. You have to remember, you have to change uh, to, fight, to, to fight the battle in the mind. You have to fight the battle of the mind. I would set some simple rules for your Bible class. Some, something simple like, we're going to show, we're going to show respect for God. Um, hands and feet must be kept to yourself. Participate positively in class. So something that's going to um, create um, a positive culture, and you're framing that in a positive way, but you're also bringing it back to showing respect for God. And above all... Use common sense and good judgment. Be on the alert for things. Like I said before, keep your head on a swivel. Be prepared to use your rules. Have clear consequences. Have plans of actions and see possible problems early and avoid them. Remember your goal. We are on our mission to try to help a child get to heaven. As a Bible class teacher, we can teach the judges, we can teach Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we can teach them the plan of salvation. But if we don't teach a reverence for God, if we don't instill a reverence for God as parents and as Bible class teachers, then we may lose them. And we have to teach them to respect God, to teach them to show reverence to Him and for for His Word, and how, we, how do we handle that Word? How do we respectfully debate? How do we respectfully read Scripture? How do we respectfully talk to each other? How do we talk to God? One of the primary requirements as a Bible class teacher is teaching that student to respect God. We have to create a reverence for God in the way we handle God's Word, in the way we treat our students, and the sternness of our classroom management. Let's be careful out there. Let's be sure we're working hard to teach them diligently, but also that we're working hard to teach reverence for God. Hope you have a good Bible class in this upcoming week. And if you have questions, please reach out to me. Uh, I really enjoy feedback from you and and I'd love to hear uh, what you're doing in your Bible classes. I'd love to Uh, read a couple of emails this week and and some additional tips. What tips would you offer? What would you say to a new Bible class teacher about how to teach reverence for God? If you have some tips that you'd like to share, post those on our social media. Send me an email. You shall teach them diligently at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you and continue to teach them diligently. you'll lead me and I will follow